Hey, how's life? This is Minister Joanne Williams from Grace on Display Ministries. Welcome to the Art of Successful Living. Learn how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it and I hope you're rejoicing as well. Today we're continuing our series, The Preserving Grace of God, coming from the book of Daniel chapter 3. Three men found themselves in a very uncomfortable place, a fiery furnace. It was a situation that should have ended their existence but somehow they survived. The Bible says that they didn't even smell like smoke. At the very least, this experience should have left them emotionally and physically scarred, but it didn't. The evidence of this experience was obvious to everyone around them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego survived because God was literally in the midst of their experience. Because of this vital factor, they emerge from the furnace with their identities, self-esteem and emotions apparently unaffected with no evidence of this negative situation on them at all. So I asked the question, how have you fared in life's fiery furnace? Today, our title is, He Who Keeps You. Let me say that again. He Who Keeps You. Coming from Psalm 121, and I'm going to read the King James Version. Verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Praise God. The preserving grace of God. Six times in this short psalm, the Hebrew word Shema translated keeps and preserve is used. The theme is that God represents himself as a watchman who takes care of the city. He also takes care of those who dwell in the city during the night watches and he's never overtaken with sleepiness. So God never slumbers or sleeps. He's awake at all times. 
Six times in these few little verses does the thought reoccur that Jehovah is the keeper of Israel or of the single soul, of my soul, of your soul. The Lord is our keeper. What the psalmist is, he's what he's really trying to say is that even though he's using this figurative language, is that God is our covering against every calamity. He's our shade against the visible perils of the day as well as the hidden perils of the night. God preserves his people. The Lord shall preserve us from all evil. He shall preserve our soul. The Lord shall preserve our going out and our coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. The Lord shall preserve us from all evil. The psalmist had great confidence in God's protecting power. And guess what? So do I. Evil men and women, they may come and they may go. But the Lord shall preserve our soul. Don't get it twisted. To be kept from all evil does not imply a cushion life. But one way it's going to work in our favor. The Bible says that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. He shall preserve our soul. The implication is our soul is kept from the dominion of sin, the infection of error, the crush of despondency, the puffing up of pride. We are kept from the world. We're kept from the flesh. We're kept from the devil. And we're kept for holier and greater things because we're kept in the love of God. We're even kept unto the eternal kingdom and glory of God. The Lord shall preserve. He shall preserve. The Lord shall preserve our going out and our coming in. Boy, the promise is comprehensive. God's people can trust his preserving power for all of our activities. When we go out, when we come in, and at all times. The Bible says, even forevermore. So what am I saying? When we go out in our youth and we begin to live our lives, and then when we come back at the end, when it's over, when our lives are over, we come back. We come back to be with the Lord in glory. We shall experience his keeping or preserving power. Our exits and our entrances are under one protection. His glory be to God. We have that word keep. Keep is a verb. And keep can be translated keep, preserve, protect, guard. So we said that the uh, word is shamar. It's an Old Testament verb. And it basically conveys the picture of one exercising great care to watch over and so to keep, preserve, protect, and guard. It can mean a hedge of protection. Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. I want you to protect me 
as I travel along the way. I know you can, I know you will fight my battles if I just keep still. Lord, be a fence all around me every day. Jesus, be a fence. The Greek translation of the Hebrew word is the Greek word phulaso, which means to watch, to carry out the function as a military guard or sentinel, to keep watch, to have one's eye upon one unless they escape, to guard a person that they can remain safe. You know that you're safe from violence, from another person, from something, or from being snatched away, from being lost. It, it, it can also mean uh, a guarding the truth. You know, uh, philaso is a verb and it's used to describe the shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. And, and it conjures up the image of, you know, savage wolves uh, seeking to devour the helpless sheep. But everywhere we read, we find out that Jesus is the good shepherd. He's that great shepherd of the sheep who keeps watch over us. Paul assures us of that. He assures us that the Lord is faithful. He is trustworthy. God is worthy of all our trust. And he will strengthen and protect Fulaso, us from the evil one. And we can be certain God will protect us from the evil one. Peter says that God did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Fulaso Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the, the world or the earth, that ungodly, they all died. So, you know, you ponder the picture in that passage in Genesis where you can imagine the roaring seas and and that is this water spreading out all over the land as the rains come falling down. And you picture men and women and children crying out for help as the waters rose. And this sad, uh, tragic picture helps us to discern the meaning of Fulaso. That God had that ark and they were safe in the ark. God protected them from the flood. Fulaso. God is protecting us. We're in the safety of his hands. And God said nothing by any means shall pluck us out. We can't even pluck ourselves out. Anyway, let's go back to the beginning of this psalm. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the law which made heaven and earth. Oh, think about that for a second. My help. My. Personal. My help comes from the Lord. That's a very comprehensive word which includes a great variety of blessings. So let me conclude with this short Bible reading, which will serve to give us the meaning of this help. And at the same time, set forth the different favors for 
which it is the Christian's privilege to look upward as we're on this journey called life. My help comes from the Lord for a daily supply of grace. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto you and will look up. Psalms 5.3 My help comes from the Lord for wisdom. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. 2 Corinthians 20, verse 12. My help comes from the Lord for deliverance from temptations. My help comes from the Lord for illumination and transformation. My help comes from the Lord for directions. My help comes from the Lord for comfort. My help comes from the Lord for courage. My help comes from the Lord for perseverance. The Bible says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. My help comes from the Lord for the appearing of Christ, looking for that blessed hope. Till next time, God bless you real good. The goal of this podcast is to influence Christian followers to lead successful or more successful Christian lives as they reflect on the love of God and the word of God. You know, it's one thing to say we love Jesus and we're going to follow him, but it's another thing to get up and do it. The question is, How can we do it well? The second goal of this podcast is to develop a deeper interest in and understanding of the Bible. Third, to encourage believers in Christ to not accept mediocrity. To encourage believers in Christ not to accept mediocrity, but instead to strive to reach their fullest potential in Christ. If you are looking for the power to endure challenges of the Christian life, live through temptations in our culture, and gain insight and wisdom for decision-making and deepen your walk with God, join us every week and listen to this podcast. Do yourself a favor and subscribe now.